Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Grit Per 60 podcast. Breaking news edition. Dun, 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 dun. This might be the biggest piece of news that um, we have covered um, since we started covering. Well, actually, since we started. Well, maybe not that much, but since we started doing Winnipeg Jet stuff, at least. Um, I was going to say we, we went exactly one week uh, from <laughs> yeah. going, hey, we're back to being a league podcast to, hey, we're a Jets podcast again. Caller Pisha, put us back on the network. <laughs> this is now an exclusively a Jets podcast once again. Um, for one week. <laughs> for this week. Um, and then back to league shenanigans. Um, my name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC. And I am joined. From the, what is it? The Ocala, the Ocala Gazette. Gazette. Wow, wow. Yeah. Hey, hi, everyone. Uh, it's Brendan, also known as TCJ. How are you? You? Should, you should start introducing yourself like the reporter from Ted Lasso. <laughs> Brendan Farrell, the Ocala Gazette. Anyway, so here's my question. <laughs> no, well, as you guys might have heard. This is some great, like, brown, and I shouldn't say great. This, the biggest news story in all of hockey now centers around the Winnipeg Jets. Vile Hanala has been moved back to the taxi squad, and we are all asking questions. Like, why? And when will he be back? I mean, that's basically like the Friday news dump version of what's happened today. So. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, look at the other thing. Look at the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> We know this player that everybody loves. We have to send him back down to the taxi squad um, because DeMello is healthy, and that's good. DeMello is a good hockey player. Um, but, but Hold up. I just want to say I feel bad for whoever is, um, like, the poor intern that's running the PR Twitter account. Yeah, because everybody's just like, oh, Chevy's not doing it again. Well, he is, but, like... I just want to point out that the tweet that the PR team put out just about assigning Vile Hainala to the taxi squad has 76 quote tweets (laughs) and 50 comments. (laughs) Like, folks, yelling at the uh, intern who's running the Twitter account for the PR department is not going to help anyone. I mean, but also neither is yelling at Chevy because he and Paul Maurice or whoever else is in that decision-making process, they've made up their minds. They're not playing Hana above Derek Forbert. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so enough fooling around here. Let's actually talk about the big thing that happened. That was the big thing that, no, I'm kidding. Um, so the I'm Jets. Gonna st- I'm going to stick to this brand because my brand is now forever attached to Vila Hanala. Anyway, so the Jets have finally traded Patrick Line and some guy named Jack Roslovic for Pierre Luc Dubois and a third round pick in the 2022 NHL draft from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yep. Big news. Jets I- added some center depth, shed off a couple wingers. Did they need to get rid of both? Eh. Well, here's my thing. Is that one, people, for some reason, are really mad that Roslovic was thrown in there. And I'm like, well, if the Jets really valued Jack Roslovic that much, he would have a contract right now. Yeah. Right? Like, 
they would have found a way to free up enough space to sign Jack Roslevic if they actually wanted to keep around Roslevic long-term, right? Right. But I guess the other thing is, Roslevic, I don't think, wanted to be in Winnipeg either. That may be fair. So I don't know if he really wanted to re-sign here, but... But enough about Roslevic. Patrick Line finally traded. How are you feeling? Um, a bit uneasy. I mean, I think this is a good move for the Jets. Um, I don't necessarily like getting rid of Line A because I, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, he has a lot of room to grow and I think he will get significantly better um, as time goes on. Um, but I do like the piece that they're, they're bringing in as long as as long as you can get Dubois to buy into what the Jets are doing, this is going to be a good move for the Jets, right? This is, I feel like both teams have sort of maximized their return on what they're selling for the, where we are um, right now as far as player values. Um, do I think, Do I, I mean, probably in the long run, the Jets are giving up more but I mean, right now you're getting more, and I think that this adds to some. I I would personally much rather have the center depth than the wing depth. You can never have too many centers. Um, yeah, and you're right. I just think this trade is really interesting from a lot of perspectives. Oh, there's so much to to get into. What, and what I are think your I think that's a pretty fair trade, all things considered. I think honestly, I think the Jets kind of have the edge, but. It's weird to me, again, for a lot of reasons, but one of them, and I tweeted this out from the account, is that pretty much all summer we talked about, okay, the Jets do need to trade a winger. And they need some sort of balance, right? Because their defense is garbage and their center depth is pretty meh. They kind of put a Band-Aid on that for a year, bringing in Paul Stastny, right? And the I thought the general thought was, Cole Perfetti is probably your two center of the, of the future. Right. So I had believed that any trade involving line eight was going to be for a defenseman. Yes, that I think is, um, but, but that being said, I think this is a better trade than you would get for a defenseman. Yeah. That being said, I think this works out really well. You know, yes. You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois sort of in that that weird range between low-end top-line center and high-end second-line center. But he's a very, very good player. And if we're talking about just in terms of balance, this really does help to balance out the Jets, right? Because the Jets do have a a good amount of players between, well, Priestley, they had basically Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and Patrick Line, who are all very offensively gifted forwards who lacked a lot in defense, right? Mm-hmm. And so they moved one and brought in a forward who can there, there is a thought that but, like that like PLD is is a two-way center, but I'm not really sure about no, if the numbers really got... back that up. But he's also not as the drop-off between his offense and his defense isn't as right. um, bad as, say, Kyle Stark. Connor or Shifley. Yeah, but, but it, is, it is, I think, getting back to that point about the 
uh, defenseman thing. I don't know. You're right. It would make sense that with the way the Jets um, were lined up to go and bring in some defensive talent. Um, but I don't know that if you're trading a guy like Line A that was ever going to um, work out value-wise to bring in a defenseman that's bringing in that value that you would get with Line A just because you're trading forwards and defensemen and forwards are going to have more, um, I think, in my opinion, more value than a defenseman would. Um, so I, I do think, so it would make sense, but I don't think it would really work out well regardless of what happens. Um, so I do think that this is probably a better move to bring in a center that way. Um, but you're right, that does beg the question, how are how are the Jets going to fix that hole on defense? Um, particularly if they're not going to give their young defensemen really a chance um, to fill that hole. Well, I think the other part is that Pierre-Luc Dubois has another year on his contract. So... Mm-hmm. You don't have to. There was always the thought of is Patrick Line really dedicated to staying in Winnipeg long term? Right. And I'm not really sure the answer to that was ever yes. Well, and the same could be said for Jack Ross. The same, too. yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say the same thing can be said about Pierre Luc Dubois. And I'm like, well, that that's also point. fair. Is yes, they have to keep PLD long term, right? But who's right. to say that the Blue Jackets won't keep Patrick Line long term, right? We're talking about two teams where pretty much nobody stays, like nobody really good stays long term, right? Like Columbus couldn't keep Matt Duchesne, or not Matt, but uh, yeah, they couldn't keep Matt Duchesne. They couldn't keep um, Panarin long term, right? So and then, and then oh, now Rick Nash, they couldn't keep. Right? No, Rick Nash stayed there a while. That was, yeah, but I mean, not over the course of his entire career though. But they eventually moved him. Is what I'm saying. I don't know. That's a fair. That's a different situation. Oh, it's not okay, that he didn't fine. want to be there. He fine. Wanted... Sergey Bobrovsky. Right, Bobrovsky. Yeah, Bobrovsky, Panarin, and now I was going to say Dubois. Uh, we can add to that list. So then, the interesting thing that I thought was like important to talk about was the trade comes with Roslovic signing a new contract and not one for line a. So the question remains, can Columbus keep line a long-term or are they just buying a rental? Did they just trade a promising young player for one year of line? A? My guess is they want to keep line a long-term. Well, I mean, that goes without saying every team wants to keep line a long-term. Um, but that would, I get, my guess is that would be the plan, but I, 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 I would assume that they're not viewing this as buying a rental one season for, for line A. Um, so the question would be, can they convince him to stay in Columbus for more than just this season? And then even with Roslovic as well, because Roslovic's deal, I think, is a two-year deal. It looks like another bridge-year deal um, that we're seeing more of. Um, and then after that, who knows what happens? Right, exactly. It's it's going to be interesting for both these teams where they go uh, with this trade, for sure. So did, I, I guess the question is, did they trade away a player that didn't want to stay there for another player that they're going to struggle to re- maintain? Is that just is this just the perpetual cycle of 
Columbus hockey, like bringing in talented players and not being able to keep them. I mean, it kind of sounds like the Jets too, a bit. I mean, a little bit. And I guess that's, I guess that's the irony of everything is you, you trade players that don't want to be there to a team that has players that don't want to be there. Do those players have the same concerns about their respective homes? Do, I mean, is it gonna? I mean, there's so many questions that I don't know. Um, I guess we'll find out over the course of the season. I mean, that's basically what it is: is two small market teams traded their unhappy star players to each other. And the thing is, with both of these teams, they're both in. It's not like either of these teams are contenders the way they're built right now. You have to get buy-in that this team is going to be competitive pretty immediately and i don't know if either of these teams are right i mean the jets couldn't probably or i shouldn't say probably the the jets might be able to make the playoffs in that canadian division are the blue jackets going to be make make the playoffs in their division maybe yeah and that's that's i guess that's my other question about line a for columbus is who's going to feed him the puck right like columbus's best forward was Pierre Luc Dubois, Pierre right? Luc Dubois, and he's gone. And he's gone. Like, what is the plan there offensively for Columbus? Max Domi, right? But like, wasn't the whole one of the reasons why he was unhappy was that he wasn't playing with Shifley? So now he's going from playing with Mark Shifley to, or not playing with Mark Shifley to Max Domi, Alexandre, Alexandre Texier, right? Like, and Nick Foligno. Here's another way maybe to look at this and maybe soften the blow a bit because I mean, let's be honest. I feel like this is a trade where it's not a fun one to make, right? Like Patrick Liney is legitimately a more fun player to watch than Pierre-Luc Dubois, but it might be the right thing for Winnipeg long-term. Yeah. And also let's say that, Pierre-Luc Dubois stays long-term. Let's let's just go down this theoretical real quick. That would mean that basically the Jets gave, or the Jets acquired another high-end center without having to give up any of their defensive prospects or Cole Perfetti or any future draft picks. And they get a draft pick. Yeah, anything. If anything, it I mean, was a it was a uh, plus for the for the futures. I mean, this is maybe a footnote in this um, trade that they get a, a third round draft pick, but this is a Jets prospect pool that needs some uh, an injection. They need more draft picks. They need more prospects, and so I guess picking up that extra third round draft pick was um, probably a pretty good move. I would say. How about no, it's a third round draft pick and you never know what you're going to get there, but how about this? How about because line a and Pierre-Luc Dubois were picked two and three in the same draft year. Oh boy. What if we just pretend as if the jets drafted Pierre-Luc Dubois instead, and they just swapped Jack Roslevic for a third round pick. I mean, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> we don't have to pretend. Well, they didn't draft him. I know people are really attached to Patrick Liney, and I get it. Yeah, um, you know, players like Patrick Liney don't come along very often, and it sucks to see him go like that. But if anything, I think it's going to be okay. I think that 
a Patrick Line A trade could have gone a lot worse than it actually did. Yeah. Right. Like I remember when uh, Pierre Lebrun was talking about potential trade fits and he was mentioning like uh, Carolina, right? And it was like, well, I don't think they would want to give up um, like Jacob Slavin, right? And they're not going to give up, you know, I don't think they're going to give up Dougie Hamilton because he's, he's got like his contract expiring, right? And so, hey, well, it could be like Brett Pesci. And I'm like, cool. We got the third <laughs> Carolina defenseman for Patrick Line. Yeah. Great. Yeah, no. So but, also, but, does this mean that Cole Perfetti is going to end up playing on the wing? Um, possibly. Right. I don't know. I just don't see them going shyfully. Bold of you to assume that Cole Perfetti is going to get a chance to play with the, uh, with the veterans. Well, I'm just saying someday he's going to be in the lineup. And we know that he's very, very good. I'm assuming in this hypothetical that Paul Maurice is not the coach. Bold of you to assume that. I'm just assuming that Paul Maurice is going to be the coach and Shevel Dayoff is going to be the GM until the end of time, personally. <laughs> but Well, I guess, never mind. I'm trying to make a different point. Well, no, I, I get that. Believe me, I do feel that the Jets would be better without Paul Maurice as head coach. But No, I'm just, I don't think he's going to give. It would not. Well, maybe Cole Perfetti is a different story, but it would not surprise me if he does not give the young, a young Cole Perfetti um, a chance to show what he's got. Yeah, but I mean, with Line A gone, that opens a spot in the top six. Yeah. At least on the wing. Uh, but that's that's where you put Adam Lowry because he's a veteran. Yeah, so like, what do the Jets do now? Like, are they going to move Stassi down to the third line and just go with Cop and Ellers on the second line? Um. Well... I guess that depends on how Stastny plays while Dubois is in quarantine, doesn't it? Yeah, but you I mean, got a few, you got a, you got a couple of weeks to figure out what you're doing. I'm assuming that I mean, you don't go out and acquire a top line center and then not play in that center. Well, yeah, he's going to play center. I, I I just assume it's a, well, or at least the way I see it, it's a matter of do you want him as your second line center or do you want Stastny as your second line center? Yeah, I don't know. I I wasn't sure if they would want to put Stasty on the wing. Is what I'm saying. Eh. I don't I don't know if you have to though. I feel like Shifley, Dubois, Stasty down the middle there. That sounds pretty good. I mean, Stasty's doing a pretty darn good job um, at second line center. I mean, yeah, he's one of like. I don't know, six guys who are above 50% Corsi floor percentage this year for the Jets. So, But has he scored? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you and your stats nerds don't even know who's scoring and who's not. Sorry, I w- that wasn't... I was looking at a page of like just <laughs> advanced stuff, right? Uh-huh. There was no Watch column the game that said or... goals scored. Watch the game. But like that was going to be the kind of interesting thing that was originally before any of this nonsense happened this morning or the last 24 hours. I was originally going to say the Jets are basically the exact same from last year. Uh, but then the Ottawa game happened and I was like, hey, that's a good sign. Like, 
they actually outplayed Ottawa, who's looked kind of decent so far. And I was like, well, okay, maybe, maybe the Jets aren't exactly the same. And then they go out and they make this deal. And I'm like, yeah, now they're just completely different at this point. The Jets goal or points leaders are Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Nick Ellers, and then Derek Forbert. That's why Derek Forbert's not coming out of the lineup. Well, actually, Forbert's been pretty decent, but Forbert has three assists. Also, here's the other thing is that not only does Paul Stassi not have a goal, he doesn't have a point. So, yeah. But it's also only been four games. Yeah. Nerd. Demote him to 3C, I say. I mean, it's, I mean, that's pretty darn good down the middle between Shifley, Pierre Luc Dubois, and Stassi down the middle. I'm just, I'm just saying Dubois with Ellers would be spicy. Yeah. I will say that the Jets aren't, so far, it's only been four games. So, you know, Dubois, Ellers, insert, Harkins, do it. Insert saying about, you know, uh, you know, like a pinch of salt here. But the Jets are only 22nd in expected goals for percentage this year. So they're not exactly cratering like they did That's last year. That's an improvement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're actually, they're, uh, not, they're not last. They're actually better than the Red Wings this year. Holy so. cow. Um, so I saw a tweet. I think it was our good friend um, Corey Schneider. Um, he uh, tweeted, "If Paul Maurice finds a way to be a bottom five team in expected goals with Shifley, Stastny, and Dubois as your centers, I would be impressed." Yeah, I mean, right now they are twenty fourth expected goals for per sixty, and. Give me a second. Only 19th expected goals against, which is weird because it's like, where are the expected goals? <laughs> the expected goals for, right? Like it's all on, all on Kyle Connor's stick. You got to take in his um, his shooting talent into account. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. But so here's a quick tidbit because I feel like we're running out of things to talk about with this trade. Oh, okay unless there's anything else you want to bring up. But anyway, over the last three seasons, 2017-18, because it's way too early to be talking about data from this year. Right. Jack Roslevic and Patrick Laine were worth about 14 standing points above replacement, according to Evolving Wild, right? Or okay. it's technically Evolving Hockey, whatever, semantics. Pierre-Luc Dubois alone was worth about 12 but yeah, so the stats guys like Pierre-Luc Dubois a lot. And I feel like the you know, the sort of stats guys really like this trade in general for yeah, for Winnipeg. It's again, it's genuinely unfun. But I think that it could work I out think pretty it's fun. well. I mean, from a neutral perspective, it's fun. For Jets fans, it's not. Like I said, Pierre-Luc Dubois is legitimately a less fun player. Than Patrick Lining is, but so, he might also be a better one. So uh, whether or not you think this is a win for the Jets or a win for the Blue Jackets, I think is going to depend on what you value, which is, I mean, always the case. But I think in particular here, because Dubois and Lining are just two very different players with different strengths. Lining, you've got the goal scoring and the the shooting talent and all that. 
Dubois is a much better play driver. He's going to be able to create chances offensively, um, less so defensively, but it's that, that element of that game is still there. So if you're more of a, hey, this guy is going to make sure that we keep the puck and create chances, you're going to like it for Winnipeg. If you value, hey, we need someone who can put the puck in the net, you're going to like it for um, Columbus. Yeah, so uh, you want me to read the uh, two responses we got on Twitter about it? Is one of them mine? No. Okay, go. Um, from Kenny Rogers, also known as at Ken Stapon. Hey, we're going to go with. Uh, PLD is going to slide in really nicely behind Shifley. Also bump Stastny yep. to the third line center, which should help him at this point in his career. I I could agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean Stastny's Stast- killing it Stastny's right now. 35. Yeah. If you can put him up against, um, you know, if you can give him easier competition. Sure. Yeah. And you might be like, well, yes, the Jets wing depth took a hit. And it's like, yeah, but that's a, it's easier ah, to overcome, you, I feel, when you've got good centers. You you forget Jansen Harkins. Right. Like, <laughs> we're talking about a league where legitimately the best player in the league, his teammates are like, Zach Cassian and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, right? Okay. <laughs> if you got good enough centers, you can you can overcome the the whole winger if, thing. No, no. If you have Connor McDavid, you can overcome a lot of winger problems. If you have Sidney Crosby, you can overcome a lot of winger problems. If you have Nathan McKinnon, you can overcome a lot of winger problems. Okay. Is the same true for Paul Stastny? Okay, but eh. if you, but if you've got a guy like Paul Stastny who's really like a second line center and you play him against other teams as third lines, it's a pretty good mismatch there already. Do or You could just do what um, Elaine Vigneault was talking about, and that may or may not be a good thing if you've watched the Flyers recently. Um, you don't have a one... A, I think he described them as, we have three top lines. There's not a one of a top line and a second line and a third line. There are. We have, we have a top three lines. It's fair. The Jets could end up in that same. Well, you probably have a top line with Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, but the middle six, eh, interchangeable maybe. Also, uh, with line A gone, that means that anyone who's heartbroken should jump on the uh, the uh, bandwagon of the Jets' other European forward, uh, Nick Ellers. That's Nicky my boy. E. We still got Nick Ellers. Heck yeah. Put those two on the same line and just drive all the play. And then um, the other response was from uh, Sens Hour, also known as at Sens underscore hour from the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Great trade. Got the value for both players at this Mm -hmm. point in the saga. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like this trade is really just going to come down to who can keep whom long term. Right. Can you you get buy-in from the player that you just acquired? And I, I... do you think do you think it's easier to buy into Paul Maurice or easier to buy into Tortorella? Oh, for sure Tortorella. Why? I mean, I feel like Tort's his whole thing is to take a bunch of scrappy players, get them to buy in and fight for each other. Um, you know, Tort's is a dick about it the entire time. And I'm not really sure if his style is going to mesh with Patrick Line. But I'm taking Torts over Paul Maurice any day. 
I guess the thing with, with Tortorella is it's a bit of a crapshoot. Some players really like to play for him. Some players don't. And that, I think that's part of why Dubois asked to leave. Because he doesn't, didn't like Tortorella. At least that's what I've heard, but I don't know. Well, also, I mean, has Paul Maurice won a Stanley Cup? No. So, point Tortorella. Granted, that was like 15 years ago, but point Tortorella. I mean, it's why why NHL teams still hire LaViolette every now and then. Well, LaViolette has this weird ability to get his team. He's kind of like Peter DeBoer in that he... The first year that he's there, he pretty much always gets his team as far as they're going to go. Like Laviolette, his first year made it to the Stanley Cup Finals with Nashville, I think. Um, and then you know he won it all with uh, Carolina. And what was it? His first year in in Philly that he took them to the Stanley Cup Final. I don't remember if it was his first year or not. I'm going to be honest. Right, but he has that ability to... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, <laughs> LaViolette was the one who took over in Carolina um, after firing, uh, after Paul Maurice was fired. <laughs> so, well... Sorry. Peter LaViolette was, won the cup in his second year in Carolina. My mistake. Um, but yes, it was his first year in Philly that they made it to the Santa Cup final. Well, there you go. And I was also wrong about the Predators. But regardless, he's got, he's still got like that weird magic where I don't think yeah. he's really like that good of a coach, but he bullshits his way to a Stanley Cup final every once in a while. Yeah. Do you got anything else you wanted to say about this? I don't think so. Do you want to do a quick, what I would like to call a fandom check? Would you like to talk about the Flyers for a little bit? And I'll talk about the um, Sharks for a little bit. Sure. We could do a quick update because this is, this is a league pod now. It's a league pod. Yeah. And I mean, there are only, you know, two teams that we know better than the Jets, and that's <laughs> the, the Flyers and the Sharks. Yep. I like how we named each each other's teams first. <laughs> we did the same thing, but I said the Sharks first, and then you went Flyers first. Yeah, it's it's like that weird uh, brother energy. <laughs> uh, we're simply no, built. No different. brother energy would have been if we said the same thing at the same time. Nah, that, that's that's twin stuff. I don't know. No. Fair enough. See, it's brother stuff. I don't know because we put the other one in front of you, the other. I put you first. You put me first. Cross the floor. Copyright strike. Um, so Philly, how are, how are y'all doing? I mean, three wins, three one and three wins, one regulation loss and one uh, shootout loss. So things could be worse. Um, but doesn't i'm unimpressed with how they've played so far it's they they're getting hemmed into their own and um, i think part of that is because their puck moving defensemen are hurt um and it's just i don't know i'm not it, it's i'm unimpressed we'll see how it goes against boston tonight um so the Flyers, I feel, like, I feel like they got past Pittsburgh because Tristan Jari isn't that good, and they got away with it, and then they were able to get away with it. I mean, Buffalo they they really struggled against Buffalo, and Buffalo as you know they they improved, but they're not still not that good. 
I don't know. The uh, we're in this weird, bizarre world where, granted, it's only been five games, but Buffalo is fifth in expected goals uh, for percentage this year. Right, and two of those were against the Flyers, who are, as I mentioned, struggled. Yeah, they are twenty ninth right now. In case you're wondering. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if that. See, this is interesting because normally I would say that expected goals would even out over the course of the season. But when you're playing the same teams over and over and over again, maybe it doesn't. Yeah. I'm expecting Vegas to just start lapping the field with expected goals while they play like the sharks in Arizona (laughs) and Anaheim and the Kings like 300 times this year. If Dubois went to Anaheim, because I was one of the teams um, listed, how would you feel? Dubois to Anaheim. I just don't know like what Anaheim would have had that Columbus was really interested in. Right. Like I feel like it just would have been like prospects or something because I don't know. Like, is there anything that the Ducks have that would make like a two for one like this even worth it? You know? No idea. Like what? Are you gonna give them like Jakob Silverberg and Ricard Raquel? Like yeah, I think it would have involved futures and stuff, and I'm not really sure if the Ducks were interested in that or if the uh, free Gibby in that. Someone, please free Gibby. But yeah, did you have uh, anything else you want to say well, about the Flyers? <laughs> I mean, not really. Oh, other than the fact that they are um, a bit banged up. I mentioned the injuries that they've got on defense to Phil Myers, who's out four to five weeks, and not four to five months as previously reported. Um, four to five weeks um which is not great not great and then shane goss's bear it sounds like he had covid or something along those lines um and should be returning to practice on monday is what they have said um so without those guys defense is a little bit thin right now and the big loss has been sean couturier sucky trophy winner sean couturier uh I'm not sure what his timetable is. So that's not great. And there's, oh, Morgan Frost. So we're missing two centers, two defensemen. It's not great. I'm having a blast. So can I, I, I kind of tweeted about this from the podcast account, but can I talk about why I think the Sharks are the dumbest team in the league right now? Absolutely. Go. Okay. So the Sharks, by all standards are not great right they are only two three and oh right now i think but they haven't won they haven't won a game in regulation yet and they've won two shootouts right now they are 20 i don't see the problem with that just win shootouts yeah it's super sustainable right now they are 27th in expected goals for percentage in the nhl um, they got off to a really rough start. They've been better in the last couple of games, but I mean, they're 19th expected goals for per 60 and they are, let's see, you know, they've improved in the last couple of nights. They used to be like by far and away the leader in expected goals against per 60, or I guess the leader, uh, but they're up to 25th now. So that's good. But they're also like the best special teams team in the NHL. They are top five expected goals for per 60 on the power play 
and they are the best team on the penalty kill in expected goals against. How is any of this possible? Oh, and also they've got like the worst goaltending in, in the league. So well, but you've got you've got penalty kill specialist Martin Jones or not Martin Jones? Yeah, Martin yeah, Jones. Yeah, I almost said Aaron Dell. Right, Martin but Jones. like expected goals uh, doesn't involve goaltending, right? So well, yeah, I was just throwing that on there as in additional, in additional. I need to stop doing a podcast. But yeah, they have. Uh, let's see, they are or they have the fourth lowest save percentage at five one five two, So they're bad, but they're a very interesting at, version of At least of we're that. fun. Yeah, I don't know if I can even say that. I mean, at five one five, just in general, they're just pretty dreadful to watch. But the power play's fun, and the penalty kill is really good. So I, I don't... Basically, special teams and goaltending are bullshit. That's, that's, that's what I've learned. And I'm still trying to figure out, like, okay, is this team tanking? Or are they not tanking? Uh, and please, please no one knows. take Eric Carlson and move him away from Mark Edward Vlasic. That is not working. Do you have anything Eric else? Eric Carlson for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah. Alrighty. I think we're talked out unless you have anything. No, I got nothing. Alrighty. So follow us on facebook twitter instagram at grit per 60 pod and if you're like listening on, on itunes or whatever please you know drop a review share this pod with all your friends like and subscribe yeah that but uh thank you for listening and have a good one